Well, it's time for another edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Glad to have you along today as we welcome Dr. Larry Lloyd, founder and president of the Memphis Leadership Foundation. Larry, welcome on. Oh, good to be here. Have Thanks for having you. me. Well, how was getting into the new year? Lloyd family have a wonderful... Oh, yeah. Had all the grandchildren with us, all the children, son-in-laws, daughters. and Yeah, we had them. It had a blast. The home was a wreck when they left. <laughs> you have six, and we've yep. got one granddaughter. You always know when she's been to your house. Oh, yeah. My wife and I were talking. All of the explosions of toys in this room and that room or wherever, it's all a blessing. That's right. We're just thankful to have it. Yeah, grand grandparenting is not overrated. <laughs> not at all. Well, something's coming up February 16th and 17th, the Urban Summit 2018. It's hosted by the Memphis Leadership Foundation and MCUTS. And there's a lot of other nuts and bolts and people that are involved to make this thing happen. Why don't you give us some backstory, first of all, for the development of this, and why are we having this particular summit? Sure. So in 2010, the Memphis Leadership Foundation teamed up with the Memphis Center for Urban Theological Studies. We call that MCUTS. That actually MLF started in 2000 in partnership with Second Presbyterian, Hope Presbyterian, and the Hope Christian Community Foundation, which is now the Christian Community Foundation. NMCUTS, of course, is a baccalaureate and now a master's program for urban pastors in biblical studies. But in 2010, we decided to co-sponsor the very first urban summit for staff uh, folks working in the inner city, Christian ministries, as well as their volunteers. Uh, in order to give them some uh, tools and some information. So every year has been sort of a different concentration. Last year was Immigration and Refugees Ministries. This year it's on Economic Justice. But we've worked with the mass incarceration issue that's affecting our cities. We've talked about urban youth ministry, Christian community development. So every year we have a different theme. This year's our theme is is economic justice. And so it's really in our attempt, MCUTS and MLF, Memphis Leadership Foundation's attempt, to provide some training and some insight and not only for those uh, in the trenches, uh, but also the volunteers that work with various ministries, but also for the business and Christian community to enlighten them in terms of what great stuff is going on in Memphis, but also some of the issues that we have to deal with uh, in the city. Underlining what great stuff is going on, because we know the 6 and 10 o'clock news report all the bad stuff, and there's really some exciting things are really happening in our city that needs to be talked about. I know my son and daughter-in-law, attended last year's summit and really enjoyed it, learned a lot, met some great folks. What would you say are some of the unique challenges to engaging urban ministry? Uh, Some of the unique challenges is ignorance, really, Uh, people not knowing some of the, like you just said, the wonderful ministries. For instance, at this summit, we'll be highlighting Hope Works. Economic Opportunities, which is MLF's Ministry to Ex-Offenders, a reentry. Advanced Memphis, The Collective. These are all organizations that are trying to even the playing field by offering job opportunities, as well as uh, we're going to have a pitch contest on Saturday for minority startups. We're actually going to allow folks to make loans to minority startup economic engines, uh, new corporations, that are started, some by ex-offenders, some by folks that are on the ground that are entrepreneurs that folks don't even know about. There's going to be a, a pitch contest where folks will be able to pitch their, their new idea for a startup company. And then we will actually have an opportunity for those attending to make loans to those startups based on how excited they are about these new startup companies. It's kind of a creative way. We're going to use Kiva, which is an online micro-lending platform. Folks will actually have a $25 card 
that they can then make a loan to the very programs that are going to be highlighted on Saturday. So it's a very it's going to be a very interactive. Friday night is going to be more like TED Talks. We've got Alan Barnhart, Barnhart Crane and Rigging, who's worked very closely with Economic Opportunities over the years with ex-offenders. We have Brian Fickert, author of When Helping Hurts, is our out-of-town expert. Yeah, Brian's been on the show before. Yeah, so he'll be here with his new book, Michael Rhodes, who is one of our professors at MCUTS, who's been very involved with this area and also authored a new book called Practice in the King's Economy. He'll be there. Sarah Lockridge with The Collective. Kelsey Johnson, who's Director of Operations for the Hospitality Hub. Uh, Hospitality Hub is an organization downtown Memphis that helps the homeless get jobs. It's not a shelter. It's actually empowering the homeless toward economic sustainability. So we got a great lineup Friday night. And then Saturday is going to be very interactive. With uh, We're going to have food trucks there from minority vendors, as well as some workshops. Uh, so we'll be highlighting how people can actually get involved as a volunteer or as an employer with folks that want jobs but just have not been able to access the job market. So we have great things that happen in Memphis if folks don't know about it. Yeah. Um, and there's fear of the inner city. Uh, there's fear of the unknown. There's blinders. There's misinformation. But we have some wonderful work going on in the city and some wonderful people doing that work. With Memphis and Shelby County representing one of the poorest metropolitan areas in the country, and you've been doing this a long time, Larry, involved with Memphis Leadership Foundation starting back in 1987. Is there a strategic master plan that's currently in place to help change the direction where we see poverty in our city? Well, uh, the Memphis 3.0 is the attempt for the city of Memphis to come up with such a strategic plan. What I would say is that we have a lot of disparate work going on that's not connected. And one of the ideas behind the Urban Summit is the drive for collaboration. For instance, Hope Works, Advanced Memphis, and the Memphis Leadership Foundation work very closely hand-in-hand on this whole idea of job creation and job placement. We'd like to see more and more collaboration. But is there a master plan? There's certainly not within the Christian community that I'm aware of. But the city of Memphis under Mayor Strickland with the Memphis 3.0 is the attempt. Tackling transportation, job creation, returning citizens, which are is the code language for those who are ex-offenders coming back into Memphis, blight control, so there's a number of issues that Bear Strickland is trying to put together in this massive uh, Memphis 3.0 plan, which I'm very excited about. Larry, you know, Dr. Tim Keller of Redeemer Church in New York City states, the kingdom is the renewal of the whole world through the entrance of supernatural forces. As things are brought back under Christ's rule and authority, they are restored to health, beauty, and freedom. Would you describe how this fits into the context of urban renewal And is this something being ignored by the church today? I don't know that ignored. So, for instance, the um, metaphor that we use at Memphis Leadership Foundation is from Zechariah chapter 8, which is right in line with Tim Keller's idea that when Zechariah sees the, has a vision, a prophecy for the new Jerusalem, he sees in Zechariah chapter 8 children playing in the streets and old folks with cane in hand because of their old watching the children play. We call that building playgrounds instead of battlegrounds. So when the kingdom of God is at work in a city, you see playgrounds taking the place of battlegrounds where children can play safely, the elderly. And, of course, Zechariah's mentioning the two most vulnerable citizens in our community, the elderly and the children, right? And so he sees this uh, playground, and, of course, he's looking at ruins. I mean, Jerusalem has not been rebuilt. Ezra and and Nehemiah have come back, and so the rebuilding is taking place. He's a post-exilic prophet. 
But he sees a vision that others can't see. And I I think what Tim Keller is saying and what I would like to say to the people of God is that God is sovereign over Memphis. He's sovereign over the world. It doesn't look like it. But our role as believers, as Jesus taught us to pray, that his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Now, I'm no Pollyanna that believes that we're going to bring God's kingdom in just by the reformation of society, which was a post-millennial concept that's long since died after World War II, Korea and Vietnam and now Iraq, and no telling. Um, But that does not dissuade us as his people to continue to build his kingdom as it is in heaven which is simply, as Jesus says, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and our neighbor as ourselves. And as we do that, we begin to see glimpses of that kingdom. The church is not ignoring that. There are churches that are in partnership with us right now, Christ United Methodist, First Evangelical, Second Presbyterian Church, Independent Press, are all sponsors of the Urban Summit, Fellowship Bible Church, also um, Harvest, and so forth. So the church gets it. Uh, how to get it done is in partnership with parachurches. Building those bridges. Building the bridges, because uh, one of the things uh, that uh, Tim Keller, I'm also part of the Leadership Foundation Network, which is with 70 leadership foundations around the world, and I coach in South Africa as well as in Fresno, California. Well, one of the things we're doing in partnership with Keller's City to City is working with them on how do you love a community, Planting a church is one thing, but how do you plant a church that also embraces the community? So we're very tied in with the city-to-city network as a global organization. But we have a very similar worldview that we are about building God's kingdom in communities in order to see playgrounds take the place of battlegrounds. Comparing Memphis to cities facing similar urban concerns like we have, what would you say are some of the worst things that we have going on for us, and what are some of the best things we have going on for us? So the great things we have going for us in Memphis that I don't see in other cities is we have an army of nonprofits and churches that are being trained in this whole idea of community development and loving our neighbor. Memphis Center for Urban Theological Studies is teaching pastors not only good biblical theology and biblical studies, but also how do you take that into the neighborhood. We have a plethora of great nonprofits that have um, – you know, I liken nonprofits in the Protestant Church to the orders in the Catholic Church. Uh, when you think of, you know, Campus Crusade or Prison Fellowship or Young Life or even the Leadership Foundations, basically the parachurch organizations like that were meeting and are meeting a need that the organized church was not meeting. Chuck Coles, when he started Prison Fellowship, the church had little. You know, things going on, devotions and so forth. But here is is Chuck Colson who says, you know, we really have to look into this prison reform movement. Or you have Campus Crusade, which started out as a ministry to college students or navigators to the servicemen. It wasn't that the church didn't take that seriously. It's just the parachurch working alongside the church built the bridge for the church to be involved in these particular areas, young life with unchurched young people and so forth, or Youth for Christ, which Billy Graham started as a parachurch movement. So we got some great organizations, some of the ones involved with us here, Advanced Memphis, Hope Works, uh, The Collective, and others. 
the biggest problem we have in Memphis, which is plaguing every major city in the U.S., has to do with poverty. We've seen a widening gap between the have and the have-nots. That's only been exasperated uh, in the last few years. And that is a problem because when you think of the widening gap between the have and have-nots, it is a ferment for distrust and disquiet. Now, racism is a part of that. Prejudice uh, against certain folks, the whole immigrant pro- immigrant yeah. question. We've got a number of issues in our city that every major city is wrestling with. Uh, low wages, you know, the, the minimum wage had, had shifted much in the last how many years? And it's not moving much. That is creating some real angst among the working class and among those that don't have the opportunities that I had. I mean, I'm a privileged kid. Never was a question whether I was going to have food on the table or not. Well, a lot of families don't know when the next meal is coming from. Well, you mentioned Brian Fickard, who is going to be one of the featured speakers at the summit this year. And you mentioned also his book, When Helping Hurts, How to Alleviate Poverty Without Hurting the Poor and Yourself. Brian encourages us to see the dignity in everyone, to empower the materially poor and to know that we are all uniquely needy, and that God in the gospel is reconciling all things to himself. Now, Larry, if we fail to start seeing the dignity in everyone, aren't we failing to love our neighbor if we do that? Oh, absolutely. We're treating them as things and not as God's creation. It was Martin Buber, you know, talked about the I-thou relationship and the I-it relationship. When we relegate people to less than we are. That is, when we fail to see their human dignity, Boober would say that we are looking at an I-it relationship. And if it's an I-it relationship, I can use the it. But if it's an I-thou relationship, where I see you as equally created in God's image, it changes the whole game. Of course, we have been, (laughs) not just in this country, but across the world, we have always been tempted to the I-it relationship. When you speak of ensuring that all young adults have access to opportunities, some, Larry, might say that, hey, I learned by the road of hard knocks. Nothing was handed me, no opportunities, everything I had, I worked for, any success I've accomplished is because I just got up and did a hard day's work and made it happen. So explain the difference for those in a failed system who feel like they don't have an escape. There's no way out. Well, I would say, first of all, that anyone who uh, would claim that they – had no help from anybody else or disillusioned. We all are interdependent, whether we grew up middle class, blue blood, poor, or however, we all depend on one another. Uh, it was a school teacher, it was a coach, it was a mentor, it was a business loan, uh, it was the ability to have uh, equity in your home. So to say that I am where I am because of the school of hard knocks, I pulled myself up by, by my own bootstraps, is really disillusion. Um, Now, all of us have certain interdependent relationships that have helped us get from one place to the next. Those that have less of that help are the ones that are disadvantaged. I had loving parents. Well, what if you were brought here as a refugee? I mean, we have refugees in our refugee empowerment program that lived most of their childhood in a refugee camp with no school. They come to America from Somalia or wherever in our refugee empowerment program, and they're placed in school uh, according to their age. They've never been in a school. And so now they're in the fifth grade or the fourth grade in a Memphis City school or Selby County school, and they're expected to compete. Well, they've got to have some help, and that help comes from your neighbor. 
um, someone who is brought here as a child, as an immigrant, uh, who's never been to Mexico or, or, or Central America, Guatemala, or Honduras, uh, they don't know that culture. They only know the American culture, uh, and they're treated with disrespect because they are, quote, illegal. So how do you get over those things? And that's where we come in as neighbors. So as a neighbor, as, as a Christian neighbor, we love our neighbors by not giving a hand out, but a hand up. And that's what Ficker's talking about. To treat people with dignity, you don't disempower them by giving them a handout, you empower them by giving them a hand up, which is an opportunity. And part of loving our neighbor would be trying to understand them, too, having an understanding of their differences, their culture, what molded them into who they are. Right. And not to understand that is, again, to use Martin Buber is to treat them as an I-it, as yeah. a thing, not as a person created in God's image. You're going to have alumni from several of the urban ministries that you mentioned. Let's innovate through education and company, MCUTS, Advanced Memphis, and Epicenter Memphis. Is there any standout stories for you, Larry, that you might share? Examples, particular alumni from these organizations that have come through their programs and are just kind of example of what God can do in a life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Advanced Memphis has any number of, of folks that have come through. It's a job training placement program who have now created their own business. In our own economic opportunities, uh, one of our key supervisors right now that works with Alan Barnhart uh, is a returning citizen. You know, he served a number of years, served a sentence, didn't want to go back, came through our program, and is now the supervisor, one of the supervisors at Barnhart. Given a chance uh, and not the stigma of being an ex-offender, the Barnhart company was able to treat him not just as a thing but as a person with all kind of potential, and his potential has really paid off. Uh, he's got a full-time position. He's gainfully employed and has been for a number of years um, and spent most of his adolescent and early 20, 20, 30 years in prison. So... God changes hearts, and he uses uh, in individuals like Alan and his company, Greg Ward, who is one of the Barnhart Key employees who works very closely with economic opportunities. It's folks like that that give folks a chance. Isn't it exciting? Yeah, it is. It and really is. Just watch God change your heart. But not only change the heart of the, uh, the employee, but change the heart of folks that are employers. You know, something else that impressed me, I was looking at some of the people who are going to be speaking. You already mentioned several of them. The collective the executive director is Sarah Steckel. She's going to be coming. And I was looking at her resume. You know, she came here to Memphis to work with Youth Villages originally and help them through a merger and help them transition into several states. She's a Harvard graduate, but she comes to our city. She sees this disconnect with young people needing, like you said, a a hand up, not a handout, but a hand up. She creates a team. How much do you know about the collective and how they got together? I mean, this is seems like a very exciting story for our city. Yeah, so the collective is about empowering millennials, particularly millennials who might have not had the same opportunities as my children. My children, my youngest, I don't think they're millennials, but they're almost millennials. But typically what you call the 18, 20 to 24 disconnected youth and a disconnected youth are also called opportunity youth by the federal government and by different programs. And those are 18 to 24-year-olds who are not enrolled in college or trade school and don't have a job. This is our most vulnerable population right now in the city of Memphis. And so Sarah's collective is targeting that age group in order to train them with entrepreneurial skills and job skills to get them 
from being disconnected to connected to the workforce or to further education. Yeah, she spent time surveying many of these young adults, and that's what really moved her to do this. Mm-hmm. And I was really moved, too, by seeing these stories. I mean, one young person said, hey, you know, I was in school, but my mom got sick, and I had to take care of her right. and was able to graduate. And that was one of many stories that people find themselves in. And especially, you go back to the minimum wage amount, you know, seven fifty, seven seventy five, whatever that amount is, a young person at that age is thinking, I can't live off of that. I can't support a family. What opportunities are there for me to move past that? What hope is there for me? You know, one of the great programs in Memphis that is trying to target that age group as well is Tech 901 with Robert Montague as the director. That's been a very successful program. If you hadn't had Robert on the program, you need to. But Tech 901 is um, training folks in several of the tech. I'm not a technological guy, but uh, for all the way to coding from computer repair, hard drives, so forth, repair all the way to coding. And there are hundreds of jobs that are coming to Robert's folks for them to fill. These are high-paying jobs, uh, lucrative jobs. So Robert's passion is to try to get that 18- and 24-year-old to enroll in Tech 901. Now, he's been pretty successful from the 24- to 35-year-olds. He's still trying to hit that 18- to 24-year-old with this program. So Tech 901 is very affordable. Scholarships are available, et cetera, et cetera. But it is a fantastic program for anyone listening out there that wants to sharpen their skills and get into the, the, the high-tech world. Yeah. Is Robert related to David Montague? Yes, his older brother. Older brother, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. The two-day Urban Summit 2018 will be held Friday, February the 16th at Claiborne Temple and on Saturday, February 17th at Advanced Memphis. Would you explain the significance of hosting at these two different locations? Certainly. Well, first of all, I, I want to get a plug in. We're just about uh, maxed out. So you better register. You go to, if you go to the urbansummit.org, you can get your tickets. Uh, and we have a number of sponsors. So sponsors, you're out there listening. You have free tickets because you sponsored. You better get your get your uh, names in. We have a limit of 500 people, and we're all you're, we're bumping up against that pretty pretty uh, closely. So Claiborne Temple is called Claiborne Reborn is a is a program of the Memphis Leadership Foundation headed up by Rob Thompson, and it's the the restoration of Claiborne Temple, uh, the historic site of the I'm a Man March. The sanitation workers would gather there every morning to march the city hall, and so it's become famous an icon in the civil rights movement. It was abandoned in the 1990s uh, as a church and laid empty. Uh, until just a few years ago, and a group I think the of, Presbyterian order originally built that back in Second the 1800s, Presbyterian Church. Back in the, was the original, yeah, original yeah. second. It was at actually, one time it was the largest congregation or the building I think too west of the Ohio River. Ohio River, that's right. Yeah, so it's a beautiful building. Yeah, uh, and so it's going to be restored. So that's the significance. The MLK 50. I'm on that steering committee uh, with the Civil Rights Museum with uh, the commemoration of his assassination 50 years ago. And so it's only fitting that we do the Urban Summit at that site when our concentration is on economic justice. And the Poor People's Campaign is going to be a a reiteration of that in June in Washington. And so we thought that the obvious place to do an Urban Summit on economic justice would be Claiborne Temple on Friday night. Friday night, Angel Street will be uh, kicking off our Friday night, uh, if you know Angel Street. Oh, I know Jill and Angel Street. Matter of fact, I uh, I just went to a Toby Mac concert. Terrian Bass was on tour, and she played a significant role in that concert. She was incredible. 
I've never been to a Toby Mac concert, so it was it was an eye opener for me. It was great stuff. Did he do a backwards flip off the speakers? Uh, no, he did not do that. When I not, saw him, not, he did that. He didn't do that. <laughs> but Tarion was was phenomenal. Angel Street though will be uh, do some opening songs for us Friday night for the TED Talk type format, and then Friday will be this interactive pitch contest. Light will be there. Let's innovate through uh, education. They're going to have some teenagers that are going to pitch their idea, their small business, and so it's going to be very exciting. And then Saturday at Advanced Memphis. It's at the Advanced Memphis Warehouse. Oh, the warehouse. Okay, yeah. Something that Steve Nash has talked about on the program in the past. Right. And uh, that's going to be great. Okay, Larry, who would you like to see attend the summit? So we not only want urban practitioners uh, to learn uh, how they can help folks move from unemployment to employment, and uh, but we want business leaders small business, large business leaders to come to hear, particularly from Alan Barnhart, how Alan has really kind of led the way in hiring very difficult, what people would consider difficult employees. So Alan has a story to tell. Uh, Brian Fickert has a story to tell in terms of how you help without hurting. So we really want business leaders um, to come. We're working hard. We, we have several businesses that are major sponsors. Lehman Roberts, which is a paving company, is one of our is, is an event sponsor. Sun Asset Management is a sponsor. Uh, the Christian Community Foundation is a major sponsor. And so we have several businesses then that are and not only and Barnhart is a is a sponsor. So Barnhart Crane and Rigging. So we'd really like to have employers, HR folks to come and hear uh, some of the great stories, success stories of folks that have turned their lives around and through Christ and have gotten jobs. And just come be enlightened about the great things that are happening in the city. That's I mean, right. You know, yeah. And know how to engage these organizations. And maybe you've got a particular skill or service or a, a way that you can offer and assist by volunteering and, and helping support groups like this. Yeah, so you get Economic Opportunities, Hope Works, Advanced Memphis. These three are, are programs are working with what, would, what folks would say are difficult to place employees. So we do all the hard work. We're looking for businesses to come alongside those three organizations and give our employees that we train and we vet and we do drug screening the whole nine yards. We do the work for you. But these folks need a chance. We've got great employees ready to go. As Larry has mentioned, the website is theurbansummit.org. Go and register today, theurbansummit.org. Dr. Larry Lloyd, pleasure to have you here. Great to be here. Mid-South Viewpoint, and look forward to getting back with you in the future. Thank you for what you're doing for Christ's kingdom, Larry, in our community. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Don't forget the Urban Summit 2018, hosted by Memphis Leadership Foundation and MCUTS, Friday, February 16th from 7 to 9, and then on Saturday, the 17th from 8 until 2. Go to the website, theurbansummit.org theurbansummit.org. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.